That's what I'm going to speak on, a God of immeasurable power. And uh, I've been really encouraged by the worship this morning. It's great as a preacher when you come into a time of worship and you recognise some of the themes that you're going to preach on and that God has already begun to highlight them. And it just, it emphasised me. I'm so glad Chris prayed what he prayed because I was going to say, I believe God is going to speak this morning. I believe God wants to impart something to you this morning. I believe God wants you to be different as a result of this morning. So I'm asking you, can you open your hearts this morning to the word that's brought? Okay, don't don't do what many people do, as they do a kind of strictly come dancing on the preacher. And they say, well, seven out of ten this morning. Well, can I kind of say to you, bluntly, that's not your job. That's God's job, not yours. Your job this morning is to say, I'm going to respond to you, God, and to the word that's brought. So have I said that nicely? I'm so glad. (laughs) They could have come out really badly, couldn't they? Okay, we're going to read some scripture together. We're going to read Ephesians chapter 1. If you could open your Bibles, please, if you have them, that would be great. It would also come up on the uh, the screen. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints... I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, so that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. That is a stunning piece of scripture, isn't it? Okay, I'm going to answer for you. Yes, Adam, it is. (laughs) Good. Well, I'm glad you found that because it is just stunning. And of course, it was the passage that Ian preached on last week, uh, wasn't it? And uh, actually, if you have listened to Ian, he did a lot last week, Ian. You may have noticed he preached the gospel in what he did, then he preached on the first half of this passage, and then out of that he also gave us the vision and mission for Hope Church 2023. Did you notice all of that? He was a busy boy, he got a lot done. And actually it was so important what Ian preached on last week. I'm gonna just do a quick recap of the points, the core points that he covered, because this is the direction we're going this year. In 2023. Do you want to be part of Hope Church in 2023? Do you? Right, well then, this is where we're going. These are the points that Ian has raised for us so that we can uh, walk in them. Put part of our diet. So what did he uh, urge us to do? Well, last week, Ian urged us to be a people of prayer. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. He urged us to be a people of prayer, people who got involved in prayer. And he said, pray for the miraculous, pray for the local church, pray for the global church. 
Uh, and then he said, pray particularly that you would get to know God better yourself this yeah. year. Wouldn't it be fantastic if this time next year you could turn around and say, I know God better now than where I did this time. I think as a pastor, that would warm my heart. One of my jobs is to try and present you mature before Christ. But if you're not going to do any work, I'm going to struggle. So I want to encourage you. Yeah, be praying. God, reveal yourself uh, to me. Really important point that Ian made. He talked about unity. Do you remember him using this phrase? We need to be a community of unity. Do you remember that phrase? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on, come on. You've got to work a bit harder than this this morning. I want a bit more response. Um, yeah, so he talked about unity being important. And then he talked about this. He said, can you try in 2023 to make sure that meeting on Sunday mornings is a high priority for you? Yeah. Do you remember? He was actually very passionate about this point. He said, don't go to the zoo. And I'm busy Aunt Bessie or something. Do you remember him saying that? Yeah. He's got to think about zoos, doesn't he? And anyway, never mind. But, but he said, no, don't go there. Recognize that when we gather like this, was it great to worship this morning? Sense of the presence of God. We are the children of God in the presence of God. There is nothing more valuable. Make it a priority. Then he said, uh, we've got to be a people that feed ourselves on the word of God. Feed yourselves on good stuff. As has been mentioned this morning... We have a community that's shouting at us. We have a, 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 sorry, a culture at the moment that's shouting at us with all sorts of values. Believe this, believe that, believe the other. What are you feeding on? Are you feeding on that stuff, the nonsense of self-centeredness? Or are you feeding on the word of God? Hey, look, look me in the eye. Will you get into your Bibles this year? Hello? Will you get into your Bibles this year? Will you read them? Open them. There's a Bible course we've just talked about. If you struggle with the Bible, please go on that course. Come on, come on. I want to pass to you. I want to see you mature. And sometimes, you know, parents have to get hold of their children a bit, don't they, and say, hey, come on. And I'm doing a bit of that this morning. Come on, church. Let's grow up in Christ. Let's not remain lazy. Let's let's get hold of this thing. Let's go forward. I hope that was nice. Was that nice? Yeah. yeah. Good. Tell you later. Yeah, tell me later. <laughs> he also urged us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, 2023 is your year to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's going to be opportunity today to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you have already been filled with the Holy Spirit, 2023 is your year to be filled again. The Bible says, let's be filled and filled again. And filled again and filled again. That's a wonderful focus um, for this year. And he, he said, we've got to remember our true home. This is so helpful in going through the next year. Remember, we have an eternal home in Christ Jesus. And that's where we truly belong. The Bible says we're just passing through this. We're, like a, we're in a foreign land right now. But we've got a true home. Keep that in your thoughts. Keep that. Remember that. It'll stop you going wonky and thinking, oh, I'll make my home here. I invest all my money here. No, this is just a few years. And then we've got eternity with Christ. Let's get that perspective right. Such a helpful thing uh, Ian reminded us with. And then he also reminded us of the prophetic. Do you remember the first meeting we had here? There was a very strong prophetic word to fix our eyes on Jesus. Now the implication for me is that there's a possibility this year that you don't do that. 
Do you, do you want to fix your eyes on Jesus? Well, then you need to do it. And I personally, I'd be praying, Lord, how do I do this? How do I fix my eyes on you? I've got a few ideas already, but Lord, can you help me? How do I do this? How do I see you freshly? And it'd be great to say this time next year, I've seen Jesus freshly. Yeah. Amen. I, that excites me. Yeah. Clearly yeah. not you, but anyway, yeah. that's all right. <laughs> We're going to get there. We're going to get there. And then lastly, Ian talked about this. He talked about the discipleship tracks, which we've heard about. We talked about the, the church weekend away. And I just endorse uh, what Andre said. Church weekends away form churches. They, you will make friends there that will help you to connect, will bring us together as a, a unified community. We'll get, have time to worship God. I really want to urge you, uh, do come to that. And then he also talked about Alpha in May. Sorry, Rubes, I didn't pick that one up enough, did I? Alpha in May, fantastic. <laughs> and uh, that's a lot of stuff, yeah. isn't it? That's eight points. That's a lot of stuff. And so we talked about it this week. And uh, uh, we talked about the fact that we needed a simple headline, really, to help people remember all of this stuff. And so we came up with this. We tried to encapsulate it. So the vision for Hope Church in 2023 is knowing God better. Three words. I can remember three words. <laughs> knowing God better. That's where we're going this year. What is Hope Church about? We want to know him more. We want to fix our eyes on him. And the eight points that Ian had put out is how we're going to do that. I hope that helps you. Yeah. Okay, so let's embrace that. I, I really want to urge you to buy in. I'm not going to ask you to sign anything, but in your heart, can you just buy in to that? Say, so, yeah, that's where we're going. We're all going to pull in that direction together. Okay, so that's my very quick recap uh, of last week. And now I want to turn my attention to the scriptures. And uh, we saw uh, uh, Ian preached his way through the first half of this 15 to 23. And we saw in that that Paul was praying fervently for these Ephesians. And uh, I think we see something of the father heart in Paul. You often see that in his letters, a very parental heart. Uh, he wants to help his children. That's how he often refers to them. And he's thrilled with them because they are growing in the faith. They're growing in the faith and they're loving one another more. Did you know that God loves it when you grow? He loves it when you grow up. He loves it when you become more mature. He loves it when you love others more. He loves it when you take another step. Like uh, when our boys were little and they took their first steps. Parents, you'll know what that is. When your children wake up, wake up, and they've been you know, shuffling around the floor, and then they manage to heave themselves up, and they're all a bit wobbly, aren't they? And then they take the first steps. You cheer, don't you? Come on, that's great. That's what God is like with you. He cheers you when you take another step forward. Let's have lots of cheering from heaven this year, shall we? Amongst us, wouldn't that be great? So anyway. Here is Paul, thrilled, and he's so thrilled with them, he can't stop praying for them. He says, I'm praying ceaselessly for you. In fact, he said the same to the Colossians. I don't think this is just a phrase that Paul uses. I think he's just a father, and he loves to see them do well. And uh, so he can't stop praying for them. 
And he says, look, I'm going to pray. I've been praying for something for you because you're doing well. I want you to make another big step in terms of your forward momentum in Christ. So and I know to pray for you. So he's been praying this. I'm praying that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened so that you may know him more. That's what he's praying. Because he's saying that is what will get you forward. You want to grow up in Christ? That's what you need. You need to know him. And you need to know him, Lloyd-Jones would say, this doesn't just mean we know him more. We've written out more stuff in our exercise book. This means I know him emotionally. Lloyd-Jones, he's not a touchy-feely bloke at all, Lloyd-Jones. Quite, you know, cerebral. But he said this, this means come and experience God. Not just know about him. Lots of people know about God. The Pharisees knew about God. Demons know about God, but they don't know him. Not as a father who encourages them forward. Okay, so we're not praying just for more head knowledge, although that is important. We're praying about an experience of God. So that's kind of where we got to a little bit last week. And then Paul begins to pray more specifically, and he says, okay, there are three areas in particular that if you want to grow up in Christ, you need to know about. You kind of think, ooh, what are those three areas? And here they are. He says, you need to know more about the hope to which you have been called. You need to know about the inheritance that you now have in the saints. And the other thing you need to know about is the immeasurably great power for us who believe. These are all critical areas for your growth. You need to know about this stuff if you want to grow in Christ. Now, uh, I've only got a limited amount of time today, so I can't go through all three of those points in real detail. There really is a preach in each one, uh, but I won't do that today. So I think we have touched briefly anyway on the top one, the hope to which we have been called when we looked at the origin series. Do you remember we did a, um, we looked at the new heavens and the new earth? Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that? And I said, I'm gonna introduce you like an estate agent to your new home. Mm-hmm. Here it is, the new heavens and the new earth. Remember we did that? Yeah. So we have looked something at the hope to which we have been called. We have been called to an eternity in a new heaven and a new earth, continually in God's presence. Yeah. We're gonna be in a place one day where there will be no sun, but there's going to be plenty of light, and all the light will come from God, from the glory of God. We will live permanently in a place where we live in the glory of God's light. <laughs> That's the hope to which we call everlasting life with Him, constantly in His presence. It's glorious. The other thing I guess we could have looked at in that first. Uh, part is this, having a security of salvation. Do you know that you're saved? Are you rock solid in it? Do you know that when you physically die, your body dies, that is not the end? That's what our culture would say, that's the end. No, it's not. That's the beginning. The beginning of an eternity with him. So we could have looked at those things. Those things are so important. They will help to remove a fear of death if you are solid in your salvation. You're frightened of death? You need to know more about this one. We're not going to look uh, also at much at point two, um, 
because we have just spent some weeks going through verses 3 to 14. Now, without cheating and looking at your Bibles, who would like to tell me what have we inherited according to verses 3 to 14? But shout it out. We, we were chosen. Don't know all that. I'd like the others to work as well. We were chosen. We are holy. We are blameless. blameless. What else are we? We are loved. We are seated, yes. We are sealed in the Holy Spirit, aren't we? We are redeemed. Hey, this is important we know this stuff. I trust that when the preaching comes, you chew on it. What it isn't is just a bit of entertainment. This is important life-giving stuff that will produce maturity. Must We must chew on the word. Please chew on the word. Okay, so today then, I'm not going to look at that. But I am going to look at God's power. Paul says this, that you may know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. So my first point is this, God wants you to know and to experience his great power. God wants you, you as an individual, to experience and know his great power. And that is for all his sons and daughters. It is for all who believe. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe? Yes. You believe in Jesus? Yes. Then this power is for you. The knowledge of this is for you. And know this, it is immeasurable. God's power, it says, is it means you cannot measure it. It is so vast. That is the nature of the God that we love. He has immeasurable sources of power. Now, question, where does that leave you? See, the question I'm going to ask you is, do you believe that God is powerful? And if you do, do you believe that God wants you to know and to experience is great power. Because I think the honest answer for many Christians, I'm afraid, in the West is no. No, we don't believe. That might be one or two people get that, but I'm not really convinced it's for me. And uh, let me just be more provocative. If you were really convinced in that, you would be walking in the power of God. Question, do you walk in the power of God? My job to provoke you this morning. You know, the power of God should be a true, a characteristic of true Christianity. The power of God should be a characteristic of true Christianity. When you have a group of Christians and there is no power of God at work, that's weird. That's odd. According to the Bible, that's not right. In uh, 2 Timothy 3, Paul is talking to, obviously, to Timothy. And he's talking to him about what people will look like in the last days. And it's not a very good list. And one of the things he says, he describes them as having a form of godliness, but they deny something. What do they deny? They deny its power. Having the appearance or a form of godliness, but denying its power. So what Paul is saying is... is um, <clears throat> Fake Christianity looks like no power. That's what it looks like. Fake, 
powerless Christianity. And he's, when he's looking at that, he is basically saying, yuck, that's horrible. That's not the way it should be. Because of who he is. And I'm afraid that does kind of describe, doesn't it, Western Christianity. Would you say? I'm afraid, with some wonderful exceptions to that. So it seems that the world, the flesh and the devil then, are trying to pervert your image of God. They're working hard to do that. And they're trying to convince you of something. They're trying to convince you of this. God has no power. And that's what we've been raised in, most of us. In a kind of sea of, well, if you have to believe in God, then it's just irrelevant, really. It doesn't do anything. That's the background all of us have been. That's the sea we've been swimming in. Yet the Bible is telling us something completely different. Question, what have we believed? Have we believed the world? I think the answer is, yeah, I think we have. So this morning, I want to shift us as a church. I want to get us out of that. And I want to get us in to the word of God. Where we say, no, 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 God is awesomely powerful. Will you come with me? We're going to shift. I feel it's an important shift we need to make mentally today. Because if you believe that God is powerless, you will never believe that God will break into your life. He wants you, the devil wants you to believe that God's not going to do anything. He's not going to break into your friend's life. He's not going to break into your kid's life. He's not going to change anything. Of course he's not, because he's powerless. You've got to believe the right thing. I came across this in my study of the power of God. I do love a study. And uh, uh, come across the scripture, and I'm going to make a statement on the base of it. Knowing the power of God is essential if you want to understand God correctly. Knowing the power of God is essential if you want to understand God correctly. There was a time when Jesus was talking to the Sadducees, and they're a, a group of religious elites, really, at the time. And they looked after the temple, quite an aristocratic bunch. And they were, they were part of you know, a patchwork of the, the ruling people of Israel at that time. Well, the thing about the Sadducees, unlike the Pharisees, is that they didn't believe in the resurrection from the dead. They, they didn't believe that was a thing. Pharisees did, but the Sadducees did not. And one day they were talking to Jesus about it. And Jesus says to them, well, fellas, he says, you're wrong. That's a good discussion, isn't it? Just let me tell you, you're wrong. And uh, there are two reasons why you're wrong. And he says, first reason you're wrong is because you don't know the scriptures. And the second reason, he says this, you do not know the power of God. You do not, you're in error because you do not know the scriptures. Well, we'd sort of understand that one, wouldn't we? Yeah, well, you don't know the scriptures, so of course they're wrong. But he also says, you don't know the power of God. You don't believe in a God that's able to raise the dead. Which, of course, he's also referring to himself. I'm about to be raised. There's no way you're going to believe in a saving, resurrected God if you don't believe in this. You've got to believe in the power of God. Gee, I was very chuffed when I came across that. You can see why, can't you? I think it's a very informative passage of Scripture. And I don't want us to fall into the same mistake that they fell into. I don't want us to fall into that pit. I want us to have the right view of God. I want us to know the scriptures and to know the power of God, which is what we're being urged to do. 
another statement I want to make here. The power of God is such a strong part of the identity of God the Father that there was a time when Jesus just referred to the Father as power. That's how he referred to him. He just said, oh, uh, power. So here we are in Matthew 26. He said, I tell you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Now, hang on, who is Jesus seated next to? God the Father. So how is he referring to his Father here? Power. It could be translated the powerful one or place of power. But the ESV has translated this simply power. So that tells you something about how Jesus saw his father. When he looks at his father, there were certain characteristics he thought of. And this one was a very strong one. Oh, when I think of my father, I see power. Overwhelming sense of power. What do you think of when you think of God the Father? I bet most of you will think of love. And that's a good thing to think of. You think if he's a loving God, then if he's kind, merciful, gracious, yeah. tender, he is all of those things, just. But don't leave off, he is very powerful. Yeah. Can I shift your thinking a bit? We need to add in something into our view of God the Father. So, we're meant to know and experience the power of God. Did you know we're also meant to talk about the power of God as Christians, as believers? It's one of the things we should be doing. So it says this in Psalm 71. So even to old age and grey hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. Can I say, if you are in the older spectrum of life, I left that general. Good, that's nice. One of your jobs is to tell the younger generation about the power of God that you have experienced. It's your job to pass that on so that they don't grow up thinking God's powerless. Oh no, but you could say, no, but my parents have told me God's awesomely powerful. There were times when he provided for us as a family. Do you tell your stories to each other? God powerfully provided for us. God healed us. God stepped in. There were times when he rescued us. Times when he spoke, critical times. He's an awesomely powerful God. That's why testimony here matters. It really matters. It matters that we share our stories. It matters that we, we talk about our God and how powerful he is. It will shape the view of the generation to come. Are you bothered about the generation to come? We must be. We must be. We must share the right stories. So there you go, Christians. We need to get a good grip, therefore, on the power of God. It is, I would suggest, not an optional extra. But of course, we do also understand it's not always an easy thing, is it? Who here has prayed for people and it had mixed results? Yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. And of course, when you just look at the 12 disciples, you recognise it's a bit of a journey, this one. Because when they started, Jesus is this amazing, of course, this amazing example. He just lays hands on people and boom, they get healed. And the disciples have a go. And it doesn't always quite work out like that, does it? So he says to them, you feed them, talking about the 5,000. And they didn't really know what to do. So they said, well, we haven't got enough money. 
And Jesus must have thought, no, no, it's not, it's not what I meant. No, okay, all right, fair enough, I'll do it. And then they tried to cast a demon out of a child. They couldn't do that. And Jesus was not best pleased with them, if you remember. And you remember there are other times when the disciples go out and they come back euphoric. And they say, oh, demons bowed to us, people got healed, it's amazing. Well, the implication, of course, is that that's not always the case with them. They go out, sometimes they struggle. So we see Jesus introducing them to what it it is to walk in the power of God. And they don't always get it right. And that's sort of where many of us are. We're in that world. But look at where the disciples end up. Come with me to the book of Acts. And the early church now is happening. And it says, signs and wonders were happening, I think it says, I haven't checked, daily at the hands of the disciples. Oh, that's different. Suddenly they matured in this thing because they have pushed on. They have pressed on. They've had confidence in their God. And they wanted to demonstrate uh, who God is. Will you do the same? Or are you going to give up? See, the danger is we have a go. Well, I prayed for them and oh, nothing happened, so I won't do that again. Can I tell you, there'd be people I have prayed for who have died. I prayed that they would get well, and they've died. I can't tell you the effect that has on you. But I, I, you have a choice. Am I going to pray for the next one? And actually, we are seeing, by the grace of God, people talk about healing and getting well. I prayed for someone the other day. Uh, they responded to that word of knowledge about backs and a, a, a pulled muscle in the back. This lady said, as soon as she started to pray, cold started to run, cold compress started to run up and down my spine. Went on for hours, she said. And then before she left this, that morning, she said, my back is totally well. Yeah. We are seeing God at work. Now, are we seeing everything we want to see? No. But what are we going to do? We're going to press on again, aren't we? We're going to pray again. We're going to say, God, I don't understand this. Why did they, they get healed and they don't? Of course, it's all of that. But we will press on yeah. to see the power of God work in, in our lives. Because it is what we should be doing. Yeah. To God is. So, presumably, because it's difficult, that's why Paul is praying back in Ephesians. He's a praying for these Ephesians. I am praying that God will give you revelation into this immeasurable power of God. I know, he says, you need help. And that's true of us. And that's why he's praying. He's praying that they would get a better understanding of God the Father. And how does Paul then help them? Well, he really begins to spell it out. He reminds them that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Now, I don't know about your house, but that's not normal in our house, being raised from the dead. No, okay. Um, <laughs> it, well, it isn't. And he's saying that's what God did. And that was a demonstration of his might and power that he raised Jesus from the dead. But he didn't just raise Jesus. It's not that Jesus is just alive, although that is awesome. He then he ascended to the Father's side, and he's now in a position... Where is Jesus right now? At the right hand of God the Father. Who knows, what's the symbolic value of being at the right hand? Authority and power. 
So it's a position of authority and power. That's where Jesus is right now. And I love the way Paul now really spells it out for these Ephesians. Just in case you're in any doubt about what that means. He says, he is now far above all rule and authority. Oh, and power. Oh, and dominion. And every other name. And then he goes on to say, oh, by the way, I'm not in just in this age, but also in the age to come. It's not like just right now, Jesus has been given this exalted position, but come the, you know, the new heavens, the new earth, it's going to be a cabinet reshuffle, and the powers will be distributed differently. No, no, this age and the next one. In other words, eternally, Jesus is in this awesome position of authority and power. I have to say, um, I love praying for the sick. I, as you know, I do. And I find myself, particularly now, praying uh, in one particular way. So when somebody's sick and they come forward, I ask them to give me the name of their sickness. Now, often people don't know the name, and they often say something like this, well, I'm just in pain in my back. I'll say, okay, that's enough. So I then speak to pain. And I say, okay, pain is your name. Okay, this is what the Bible teaches us to do. You speak to the sickness. And I'll say, okay, pain, I'm speaking to you. And I'm reminding you that your name is pain. But I come against you in the name of Jesus Christ, who is above every other name, including your name, pain. Did you ever play top trumps at school? We used to play, when I was a kid, we used to play top trumps a lot. And there was always one card in the pack that trumped everything else. So you'd have this game, and then sometimes you'd come across the card, and you just, you wouldn't even have a conversation. You'd just put it down, and everyone would go, all right, we've lost. That's the card we've been given. That is the name of Jesus. When pain comes up against the name of Jesus, it says, So, and I find, as I say this sort of stuff, no. Your name is inferior. I have been given the name that is, it says, far above your name. And I, I find what happens is faith rises up within me. Why? Because I'm rehearsing the word of God. This is what the word of God says. He has been given the name that is above every other name. And if you're a name that's in the way, I command you to get out of the way. And by the way, the sickness, you can be ruthless. There is no mercy with sickness. We get hold of it, you wring its scrawny neck, because it's an enemy. And I find, increasingly, as I do that, people say, oh, what was that? Yeah, God has just affected you. It's not me, it's not you, it's him and his authority. We are his ambassadors. We can present his power. Okay, you with me? And then, just uh, in case we're unsure, Paul... (laughs) ends it like this. He says, okay, if you haven't got it so far, I've got to say this. And then God the Father put all things under his feet. Are there any exceptions in that statement? No, none. All things are under the feet of Jesus right now. All things. And then he was given as head over all things to the church. Hey, we're part of that. That's you and me which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. If you are wanting to know more about what it is to walk in the power of God, can I suggest you meditate on these scriptures? 
meditate on them. So how is it we can pray for Ukraine today? We pray for Ukraine because we have a God who, who has all things under his feet. It's not like, you know, the powers that are influencing what's going on in Ukraine can say, well, we're not going to do that. Yeah, we have to fight. Of course we do. But actually, ultimately, we know Jesus is far above all of these things. So we can pray as a church. Let's pray for peace in Ukraine. Let's pray for the protection of the Ukrainians. And we have heard, haven't we, of bombs not going off. Yeah. Of incredible uh, 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 churches being planted, people being rescued. Yes, there's difficulty, and I'm not going to shirk that. But we come in the name of Jesus, and we press on. I want us to pray this morning to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'd like us to receive a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. If you are not filled with the Holy Spirit in particular, I'd like to pray for you. But, of course... The disciples had this extraordinary experience of Pentecost, and it says they were clothed with power mm-hmm. from on high. And that's how they were effective. Yeah. Do you want to be an effective Christian? Then you need to be clothed with power from on high. And the Bible makes it clear we need to go on being filled. It's an ongoing thing. It is something I generally pray for every single day. Holy Spirit, come fill me. I need you to fill me. Give me wisdom in my mind. Let me pray for the sick and sin healed. God, help me to know what to do today. So I'd like us to stand. First thing is I'm going to pray for you generally. And I'm going to pray that God will give you revelation into these scriptures. Because your heart needs to be convinced. Okay? And if you would like that, I'd like you to put your hands up. But, but only if you want. Okay? And I'm going to pray that God, during the course of the next few hours and days, will bring revelation to your heart. So if you want that, just put your hands out. Father, I come to you knowing that you are an awesome God. I believe you've been speaking about your power and your authority all the way through this morning. And Lord, I recognize that Paul prayed for these things. So we're going to do the same thing. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, for everyone who's responded, will you now bring fresh revelation and understanding of the power of God? I pray right now that we would uh, finally put to death this idea of powerless Christianity, that oddity, that freak that should not be there. And we say, no, God, you are a powerful God. You are an awesome God. And you desire us to know and to understand and to move in, walk in your power. And we receive it right now in Jesus' name. Father, would you speak to us through your word? Would you speak to us sovereignly? Speak to us through dreams and bring revelation and understanding of who you are. Lord, that we too would walk in power. Lord, we recognize we're in the Gospels, but we want to be in the book of Acts. We want to see signs, wonders, miracles pouring out and glory coming to your name. Lord, we're in a world that desperately needs to see the power of God in operation. We're in a, we have a young generation that doesn't know about you, that's not convinced that you're powerful. God, let us be people who demonstrate who you truly are. God, they can call us weird, fine, but, but Lord, let them see the power of God. Holy Spirit, would you come freshly now on us in Jesus' name? I welcome you. I welcome you to come. Holy Spirit, right across this hall now in Jesus' name. 
Let everyone who wants this, let, it, let them receive it in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Thank you, Lord.